Hi, you're listening to the AUSA podcast. I'm Brenna, the director of student activities. And I'm Luke, the podcast producer. Often you'll find us here chatting with some of the incredible people of AU, talking about life on campus, and of course, telling you about the events that we've got coming up. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for listening. Okay, we are starting a new series today. Um, This is something that Luke cares about a lot. I also do. I said that like you don't care about it. You do care. You do care (laughs) about rest and work and play. But I say you care because you do these things well, Luke. So anyway, we're going to jump right in. So today we will be talking about rest. And I am here with Luke and Lindsay to talk about this. Um, They are lovers of John Mark Comer and Mm. lovers of all things rest. Mm. And so not that any of us are pros, but if anybody's close to a pro, it's probably these two. Um, And so I wanted to start... First, talking a bit about hustle culture. Mm. I think this is something we all have heard of, sure. Um, But kind of what is it, where do you think it comes from? Why is it our inclination? All of those things. Hmm. If I may, (laughs) I think it comes from the American dream, in all honesty. And that, like, like, success is yours to claim. And, like, if you don't claim it, then there's something wrong with you. Or it'll um, just pass you by. Or it'll just pass yeah, you by. Yeah, you'll miss it. Which is just You're going to miss out if you don't do all the things. Right. Yeah. It's a weird myth. And, like, that's where, like, FOMO comes from and, like, people's weird anxieties around using social media. Like, a lot of our deep-seated issues come from hustle culture, I think. Um, and that's, like, just straight out of John Mark Homer's book. <laughs> but, I mean, I think it's very, very true. And I've also heard a bunch of other people talk about it. Um, and I think, like, I think a big thing is is anxiety. And I've, like, I've dealt with anxiety never on a diagnosed level but just like feeling needlessly worried about things yeah. and just feeling like even like when I have an assignment due that is done I'm like nervous to turn it in which I don't know why like it's dumb but it's like because it's not perfect or like what if I get a bad grade on it or like what if what if what if mm-hmm. and I think that goes hand in hand with this like this fear of of being like too slow and like you were saying like it's going to like success or like the A or whatever it is is going to pass you by or the perfect job or whatever it is. So you need to like reach out and grab it. And I think that causes us to just be focused on the wrong things. Um, and I think that is reinforced by by social media. And so mm-hmm. when we're focused on grabbing the wrong things and we're constantly looking down at our phones, um, I heard this great quote. I can't remember who it's from. Um, but it basically, it, it says... Uh, looking at like your phone constantly and like social media, getting those constant dopamine hits is literally training our brains against silence and like mm-hmm. against hearing and feeling the presence of God. And I was mm-hmm. like, stop, stop. disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, and I think that's true. Cause yeah. I definitely feel that when I'm like on my phone or just like even on the like school grind for yeah. forever. Yeah. I, I saw this like, meme that was yeah. like, um, whose stories do I watch the most my own and I was like it's yeah, literally true yeah. you post your content and you're like who's watching it who's interacting with it who's seeing it it's like why do we care right. it's so it's so dumb but like I care and I, I care a lot I wish yeah I didn't. yeah um yeah I don't know what do you think I feel like a lot of times it's like with the assignment thing it's like I've done this and it's finished but like if I'm gonna submit it then it like has to be like completely imperfect and mm. I feel like it's like the success is like I feel like it's like never enough. And so I think that's like kind of the American dream thing of like, you can always do more. You can always be bigger. You can always yeah. be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can always be more to what you've already done. There's always another yeah. step. There's always another perfection you can bring to it. There's always something else. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I Do y'all feel that y'all have struggled, Luke, you talk, spoke to this a bit, but with this hustle culture mentality and how do you sort of combat it? Like how do you go up against it? I think for me, um, Jess Connolly, who is awesome and I love her a lot, she says like the way to not be an imposter is to just admit that you're weak. <laughs> like nobody's going to think you're perfect when you're like, hey, I'm not perfect. Yeah. And I think that is just so good. And so I think one of the ways that I kind of buck up against the system that says like achieve more, do more, be more, all of that is just be horribly vulnerably honest about where I am and mm. what's hard for me and what's awesome for me and what I'm loving right now and what I'm hating and how I'm struggling with my job and all of that. Um, but how do y'all sort of go against this achieve, do more, be more, everything? Mindset? I think it's, yeah, I think it's tough because all three of us are like in sort of different veins of like the creative profession, um, which is cool. I didn't actually realize that before, mm-hmm. like right now. Mm-hmm. But um, like Lindsay is a graphic design uh, student and Brenna sort of does creative things for a living. Yeah, I was like, um, how are you going to wrap it up? What are yeah. you going to say about me? <laughs> and, and I like to put words on a computer screen. Um, and so I think like all three of us, like what we do is very achievement based. And it's like at times very abstract and at times like very concrete. But I think like feeling like we need to achieve the, the best result mm-hmm. um, or like feeling like, oh man, I can't tell you the amount of times I have just like worked a paper or like a short story to death or like worked a project to death because like I just didn't know when to stop because yeah. like I, I thought that I needed to just like keep going and keep going and keep going because it was going to somehow eventually reach perfection. Um, and yeah, I like didn't know when to mm-hmm. like, okay, this is, that's good. We'll yeah. talk about that Yeah. in a sec, but yeah. I feel like a lot of like the work I do is very like usually like personal work. And so it's like tied to like my own creative process mm. or my own ideas. And I feel like a lot of times like I'll finish something like, oh my gosh, this is great. I'm really proud of it. And then I'll see what someone else did. And I'm like, oh, mm. I could have done this better and I could have done this better. And like, I think comparison plays a lot into like wanting to hustle and hurry more. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I think you were talking about like, how do you combat, uh, how do you combat hustle culture? And I think that's like just, not to be like you were asking a leading question, but like very much like we we're just like pointing the conversation toward rest. And I mm-hmm. think like rest is so important. And there's I have a lot to say. You I do. really like rest. You should just read it all straight up. <laughs> Maybe I will. Um, but it's a lot. But I think it's really really important um, to understand rest and like just see it from all the angles. And yeah. also like you two like know what you're talking about about rest. And mm-hmm. and so that's why. I kind of was like, well, I want to do an episode on rest. And then I was like, well, might as well do like rest, work, and play. Mm-hmm. And so oh, we're just going to jump right in. Yeah, let's do it. Um, and so the first thing I was thinking about when I was thinking about rest was like, well, why is rest important? And and these same questions came up and I was thinking, why is work important? Why is play important? We'll get there in, in the future episodes. But immediately I looked at Genesis because I was like, if we're going to talk about rest, we need to have a biblical basis for rest. And what a better place to do it than Genesis. Um, and I think it's really cool because this speaks to where I am as like a, a creative person or a doer or an achiever or whatever you want to say. Um, but so there's this really cool literary device in Genesis. And <laughs> we were, we were talking about the, the funny spelling of this word. It's chiasm. It's C-H-I-A-S-M. Yeah, what did we think it was? As in Chia. 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 Chism. Chism. Yeah. Chism. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially chiasm is this 
Hebraic device in that like it's it's poetry is really what it is. And so it there's a top, a couple different ways that the biblical authors would use it or structure it, but the main way is like the pattern is A, B, C, D, C, B, A. And so like clearly D is the most important thing. Or it would be like A, B, C, A, B, C, D. And we see both of those in Genesis 1 and 2. But the more important one, I think, is is this, what I'm about to say. So everyone knows like, like the creation story. And the cool, oh, this is so cool. This is really, <laughs> this is really, really cool. Okay, so it's structured like God separates the light and the dark. God separates the waters, like sky, heavens, water, three-tiered heaven, all that stuff. And then God separates the land and the seas. And then God fills the separation, the light and the darkness, with the sun, moon, and stars. God fills what he separated in the water and the sky with fish and birds. And then God fills what he separated in the land and the seas with animals and humans. And so we very much see that, like, okay, A is, like, separating light and darkness. B is water and sky. C is separating land and seas. And then A, again, is filling the the separated light and darkness and so on and so forth. But the breaking of that pattern and the most important part of the whole thing is when that when that breaks and it's in that God rested. Um, and I just think that is so cool because like he he makes all this stuff, like all this stuff that we look at and we're like, this is crazy. Like, how is this real? Like Yosemite Valley. Um, and he looks at it and he goes, this no, this is good. Like this is enough. I'm done. Um, and me like, I need to learn how to do that. Um, and I've heard people say, like, you talk about, like, what is the image of God? People have said, like, that's what it is. Like, knowing when to say enough is enough. Um, and I kind of like that definition. Um, I think there's a lot more to it. But I think after he says that, he just rests. And he, he like, sits in his good work. And I think one of the reasons we were created is to mirror that. Um, to work and to create and to express ourselves and then to proclaim eventually that like, this is good. This is like really good. This is really enough. Um, and it's so important that even later on when God is sort of like dealing with his people, he's like, no, no, you guys have to rest. Like, this is like something I'm going to command you to do for your own good. Um, and so, and then we see that later on fulfilled in Christ. So we're not like bound as slaves. A lot of people think of Sabbath, these weird connotations, like you just sit around and sort of do nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. But... Or think that, like, I'm an extrovert. I could never... Yeah. Or that it's, like, a just a day off, like... mm -hmm. Yeah. Which it... In a way, it, like, is all those things, if that's what you want it to be. But also, I think, throughout the Bible, we see when people Sabbath, they, they do things that they enjoy for the glory of God. Or they just, like take time to to be with God and worship. Um, And so, like, when we're talking about Sabbath, like, a lot of times Sabbath and rest can sort of come, they sort of become separated, which is weird because, like, we think Sabbath is this very Old Testament thing and rest is, like, this New Age self-help sort of, like, take care of yourself thing. Uh, But they're literally the same thing. It's just, like, this mirroring of of how God rests on on the seventh day. Yeah. And I think like, I don't know, what are, what are some like misconceptions about rest that you guys have seen? I know I just mm-hmm. said a few, but yeah. like there's a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one thing I have struggled with with my friends um, as someone who is pretty extroverted um, 
especially with my friends that are more introverted, there's this idea that like, when are you going to stop? When are you going to take a day off? When are you going to whatever? And it is always held in tension of, in one hand, yes, I would like to do that. On the other hand, these are good God-given things that he has given me to steward. Um, And so as I'm working out my calling, I can't just do that. Like, I can't just like, okay, yeah, I'll just take a day off whenever I want. Um, Or I worked hard for two weeks and I'll just take off a week now. Um, And so I think one thing that I struggle with and have struggled with, maybe people relate to this and maybe this is just (laughs) my few friends that maybe need to do better, (laughs) but this idea that like you're busy, so obviously that means there's something wrong. You never have a day off, so you're obviously never resting. And none of those are true. I am busy. I do rest in a different way, and it doesn't look like Mm. sitting in my house for all day on Saturday in the way that it might look to someone else. Mm. And that way is not wrong, and my way is not wrong. Um, So that's one that immediately comes to mind. I think for me, a lot of times, rest and laziness get really Mm. fuzzy in, like, deciding, like, what is, like, being lazy and, like, what is, like, resting, like, where, like, getting home from class and having, like, 20 minutes and, like, choosing to lay on the couch and scroll reels or, like, look at Fisco, like, maybe that's more tending to laziness, like, if Mm -hmm. there are, like, God-given tasks that, like, I get to do and I'm choosing to do that instead, but, like, rest is, like, a more, like, set-apart thing that's, like, actually going to fulfill me. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's good, and I think a cool way to see the distinction is, like, I do that a lot, too, like, oh, I have, like, 30 minutes of free time, what am I going to do with that? Uh, it's like I could rest, air quotes around rest, or I could just like sit around and, you know, be lazy. And I think one way that helps me see when it's rest and when it's laziness is that all throughout the Bible, too, we see peace flows from rest. Yeah. Literally in such a uh, an actual way in that the greeting on the Sabbath for, for the ancient Jews was Shabbat Shalom, which literally means like the peace of rest, which is just so cool. And it's like... Shalom is like wholeness or completeness. So it's like putting yourself back together through rest. Because yeah. like you go and you feel inadequate or you feel just burnt out, which like that is such a thing for college students. It really is. Um, and it's like, been a whole episode talking about that. We really <laughs> could. But I think viewing rest as a remedy for that yeah. is good. I think viewing rest as a spiritual discipline is great. And a lot of times people don't think of that. Like rest is not like spiritually forming me, but but it is. I mean, I think it is. Um, I don't know. I think I think rest, when you look at it as a spiritual discipline, like if the point of spiritual discipline is to form us into like better pictures of Christ, then like that's what rest is doing, I think. Because in Colossians, Paul talks about how Christ is before all things and he's holding all things together. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it would be silly and almost irresponsible to talk about rest without bringing that up because practicing Sabbath is literally like, oh, I'm a firm believer that you should practice Sabbath every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think practicing Sabbath on a weekly basis is a, is a weekly reminder that you are not holding all things together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it is a reminder that you are not God. It is a reminder that like, your work is not dependent on you. Like, no matter how hard you try, you're not going to be, like, adequate enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, that feels like a harsh way of putting it, but I think it's true. Yeah. Um, it's this great writer, author, uh, theologian, Marjorie Thompson, said, to keep Sabbath means to let go of my treasured illusions of my indispensability. Hmm. And I think that just sums it up great. Yeah. Like, we can't do it all. We have... We have our limits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like knowing those limits, recognizing those is key to like understanding 
and beginning to start practicing Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like this, um, I think over the last few years, something I've been learning at church a lot is that like, I don't know where we adopted this idea that dependency on God is a bad thing, mm-hmm. that reliance on God mm-hmm. is bad. Um, but it is absolutely what I come to the table with every single time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. <laughs> literally when I take communion, I have to repent of like, I'm sorry for every moment that I thought, I don't need you, whether I realize that or not. Yeah. Um, and Sabbath is kind of a forced way that like, nope, I need I need God. And the world spins without me doing anything and without me producing. Um, it all keeps going and things are still held mm-hmm. together. And it reminds me that I hold no things together. Yeah. Um, there's like a Psalm, I think it's Psalm 92 that I read a lot on the Sabbath. It's like tagline, I think like a Psalm for the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And in part of like the middle part, it talks about like how it is like good and helpful for us to thank God. But then it also talks about like how in thanking God, it's like meant so that we look at the work of his hands and like the work that he's done and not the work that I've done over the past week or that I've seen other people do. But mm-hmm. I feel like it like is a helpful practice of like pushing gratitude back towards God. Yeah. Yeah. On top yeah. of that too, I think. Like, well, that's worship. Yeah. You know, like, thanking God for, like, the things that he has trusted us with, that's worship. And yeah. I think another thing that Sabbath is, is practicing for death. And that's really morbid. <laughs> but like, cool, cool. Let's go there. But, well, it's, it, it, it is. It's anticipating this eternal rest. Like, one yeah. day, like, I'm not going to send the email. Or, like, <laughs> I'm not going to, like, meet that person for coffee. Or I'm not going to make the deadline. Or I'm not going to, like, insert major specific task here you know what i mean like so why not for literally a seventh of our lives start early on that like Mm -hmm. you sabbath (laughs) if you sabbath weekly you're giving up 11 years pretty much that's a whole small child like you're offering that up as a sacrifice like in this society where we treasure achievement and we treasure hustle what better way to worship than to put that at the altar in such a tangible way of 11 years of Saturdays or Sundays. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's it's easy to talk about rest and like not have practical examples. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think any Christian, you know, we anything that we do or thinking about, like we just need to look to Christ and, and see, did Jesus Sabbath? Um, and unfortunately, like, we don't get a ton about that. Like he says this whole thing, like Sabbath was made for man or yeah, not man for the Sabbath. So like, we're not slaves to the Sabbath. We get that from Jesus. We also get like Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. So like if we're in Christ, like we're not also bound to the Sabbath, but then he, he models that a lot for, for the disciples and his followers. Like Jay, my roommate and I have this thing. It sort of started as a joke, but then we started thinking about it. We're like, oh, wow, okay. (laughs) Um, And it's that, like, all the books in the world couldn't contain Christ's work on earth. And Mm -hmm. John says that, I think, at the end of his gospel. Um, And I think a lot of people take that to mean as, like, his miracles and, like, all the great things that he did. And no doubt, like, yes, that. But also I think if we had a full account of, like, even just the three years of Jesus' ministry, we would be – Bore. Like, I wouldn't want to read that. Like, that would be boring. <laughs> and, like, that's that's like a thousand days almost. Yeah, it's a lot of days to think through. I, he just, so many times he's, like, going out into the desert, and his disciples are like, where have you been for the last three days? And he's like, I'm just chilling. Like, he's literally resting. He's going out to, like, rejuvenate himself. Um, and I think that's cool. And 
like going up the mountain, coming down the mountain, going up the mountain, coming down the mountain. Um, like that up and flow of Jesus' ministry is a good model for our life because ultimately Jesus is like, everything that he does, we're supposed to follow as a sort of rule for our life um, and, and rest and sn- slowness and the easy yoke. And <laughs> <laughs> um, in Matthew, Matthew 11, is it? I don't know where that is. It's like somewhere yeah. in the middle of Matthew that yeah. he gives that whole speech. Right. He yells at all of his disciples, <laughs> um, which is funny and like sort of adopting the the slow and easy way of living. Um, because if you're if you're just go go go, especially I think I think of ministry. Like if you're just going going going, like and not making any effort to fight burnout, it's just going to come and it's just going to be disastrous. Like. So many people either stay up on the mountain and that they just like don't really do anything. They're pretty passive with their lives and they just excuse it as rest or like it's rest or they come down and they just like stay at the foot of the mountain their entire life. And they're just like, if Jesus was constantly casting out demons and healing people, never taking time to rest and recharge and pray and be quiet. I don't know. I don't know what would happen. (laughs) I I don't want to say anything because I don't want to like blaspheme or whatever (laughs) yeah right but like i don't want to diss on jesus that's right but like i think he models that for us for a reason Mm -hmm. um and so that all being said like how for the three of us like what are the practical ways that we sabbath great question Lindsay, you go first (laughs) um for me it's a whole day on sunday usually um i'm like a very list organized type person and so for me it's like the easiest to just like clear cut like it's a full day of not working not working on school or work or anything that like is related to the two um and like being slow and being still and being quiet um I usually go to church and I usually then after church go eat really good food um yes (laughs) and hang out with people that feel really safe and that I really love a lot. Um, It also usually for me looks like spending a lot of time being quiet in the morning. I think it's a little bit easier almost when it's like I have this whole day of rest to like take time and be quiet in the morning where sometimes during the week it's like hard to just like be super still and super quiet for like a long amount of time when I know I'm about to like go to class or go to work or whatever it might be. But yeah, I feel like Sabbath is really just like a clear cut entire day that I try my hardest to just like be slow and be still and like look back at all of the ways that like the Lord's been kind throughout the week and just focus more so on like what he's done and not to like the best that I can not think about anything that I've done or accomplished. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I think for me, and maybe this will be some relief to people that are maybe not as good at this as like you are, Lindsay. Um, To me, Sabbath is hard. It does not well, I don't think to anybody it comes naturally. We're sinners. And so period, mm-hmm. it doesn't come naturally. Yeah, but no. I have to really, really, really fight for it and way, way, way get ahead of it. Um, I legitimately have a calendar that at the beginning of the month, I schedule Sabbath for the whole month. And that might sound so crazy to some people, but it is what has to work for me. And if not, I will barrel through and look up and it's two weeks past and I'm like, no wonder I feel like a crazy person. I haven't had any time off um, or intentionally rested. And so for me, I have to very, very much fight for it and try to protect it. Um, I have this thing on my phone that's called the life-giving list and it is often where I start on Sabbath. And so 
one big marker for me is that I don't make plans. If I decide that something feels fun to me, I do that. But I do not plan beforehand for like, I'm having breakfast with this person and lunch with this person, whatever, whatever. If I wake up on Saturday and and I decide that feels life-giving and fun to me today to see this specific person, it's probably not going to be an open invite to just whoever, but to see this one person, then that feels great. And then beyond that, I consult my life-giving list. And I think like one of the items on there is listening to Pat Barrett because he's one of my favorite artists of all time. And he is like... Yeah, I don't know. He gets me in a special way. He doesn't know that. And I haven't told him that, but I'm like, Pat, you really get me. When you write those songs, you know me. Um, so listening to Pat Barrett is one of those. Um, cooking something at home by myself mm. is one of those. Mm. Making coffee at home that I don't spend money on at Starbucks mm. and, like, don't consume and spend and spend and spend. Um, on Sabbath is a big thing that I try to do. So, yeah, for me, it is doesn't come naturally, I really have to fight for it. And then I have to literally look at a list and say what feels fun to me um, on this day. And I think fun and restful to me are barely different. So like play and rest, and we'll talk about play soon, but play and rest are like all in one. Mm. I'm doing almost all of this (laughs) all the time. And when I'm having fun, it's usually play and it's usually rest. And when I'm resting, it's usually fun. Yeah, literally all of them. They all are so connected. Mm. Um, So I often think what feels fun to me today and how can I do what feels fun? Yeah. yeah. I think I'll add to it. Resting isn't something that's like very easy for me, but yeah. I feel like as I've practiced Sabbath for the past, like, I guess year, year and a half now that like, it doesn't feel as much like it's something I work mm-hmm. for. Um, I think when I first started trying to like be intentional about practicing the Sabbath, that like this thing I would think about, I'll be like, I have to get all of this done so that on Sunday I can rest. But now I feel like I have a better rhythm of like, I'm going to work now and I'm going to take advantage of the time now mm-hmm. because I get to rest later. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, like a healthier think, perspective. Yeah. And as I would agree, as I've done it more, I've sort of figured out what I can allow myself to do and what I can't. So it yeah. used to be firm, like don't watch TV, don't do laundry, don't do dishes. <laughs> Some of those things though are actually kind of life-giving to me. Like I want to watch the Braves on Sabbath. And so I can watch TV and mm-hmm. I like, I don't know, have given myself some freedom to like, you can pick what feels restful to you today. And if it is doing laundry, because that actually does bless you, then by all means do that. Like, don't be overly tight fisted. And I can for sure be that way about like, what exactly this should look like. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'll answer. But one thing that I just thought of was, that's pretty cool is that like, so the Jews pre-Jesus, and then during Jesus, and then Jews and Christians post-Jesus, and even today, um, start the day with, not so much Christians, start the day with at at sundown is when the day starts. Mm -hmm. Um, And so literally every single day, not just Saturday, Shabbat, but every single day starts with rest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're resting and then you're, so like, maybe don't, maybe don't like reorder your calendar based (laughs) on that. Mm -hmm. But, but definitely I think that mindset is a cool place to be in because it's like, no, I can start my day surrendering to God in the fact that I'm going to be asleep. Like I can't accomplish while I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. So just do that. Um, yeah, Sabbath for me, I I am a, uh, or used to be, which is cool how Jesus has worked in my life about that. But I used to be a very restless person, um, very constantly like internally at odds with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that way a lot. I'm a four. What can I say? <laughs> um, still, but... But one thing that I've learned is like to capture these little moments of rest throughout my day. 
Um, and for me, that looks sometimes like um, making my pour over in the morning um, or like finding a few minutes between class to like just sit and play guitar or like finish that chapter of the book that like I've been reading through. Um, mm-hmm. But like in terms of a regular rhythm of Sabbath, um, every Saturday, uh, every Friday night at at like sundown. Um, I think that's super important and super cool. And, and honestly, just like a nifty thing too. That's part of it that like historically I find cool. So like, I was like, Oh, I might as well do that too. (laughs) Every Friday at sundown, I just like, I need to get over the summer I did, but I need to get into the practice here of turning my phone off, turning my computer off. Like if I'm just like staying around the room or like I go to my roommate's house and just kind of hang out. Um, like there's no reason, like the people who need to reach me, if there's an emergency are all around me. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's one thing that I think is helpful. Um, it was this summer and I, I wish it was easier to do at school. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like taking Saturday to just not do work, not do school, not think about school as hard as that is sometimes, um, to like, I like to read. So I read a lot, um, on, on Saturdays. That's sort of my day to do that. Um, or like, I like to write. And so I, I don't see any reason why I shouldn't write for for mm-hmm. myself and for God on Saturday. Um, that's something that I do uh, worshipfully, or I try to. I fail at that all the time. But um, so I try to do that on Saturdays. And then usually, like, dinner looks like so a lot of times, like, coffee will happen, like, go out to coffee with people um, and just hang out with people that I really love. Um, and it's hard when, like, other people are doing work and I just have to sort of, like, sit and be still and drink my coffee and, like, talk when they talk to me and then just be alone with my thoughts the rest of the time. Um, and then like dinner, dinner with friends, with people I love. Um, cause I think fellowship and community is a big part of, part of Sabbath. Um, and Lindsay, what you said, like starting your day out slow and still and quiet, that is huge. Like that really sets the tone for my day. Like every Saturday when I just like sit for like sometimes like two hours and I'm just like, don't say a word. Yeah. And I'm just, like, alone with my thoughts. Like, this Saturday, I'm really excited. Jay's going to be in Savannah. I'm just going to lock my door and just, like, hang and out for, like, sit. three hours. <laughs> um, and just be, like, be quiet and just mm-hmm. just be still. Um, and sort of, like, that really just sets the pace for your day. Um, and so I think as a college student and, and for people who maybe are transitioning from that, going into, like, full-time work, or even people who are, like, doing both right now uh which is crazy i can't even think about that (laughs) no thank you (laughs) if you don't have time to do like a full 24 hours sundown to sundown sabbath like on a saturday or a sunday or whatever day you want really then start smaller like Mm -hmm. it's fine to do like three hours and i say that knowing that when you do three hours your soul will cry out and be like do four do five (laughs) do eight do ten okay, let's just do a full day at this point. You know what I mean? Um, which I think that's cool uh, how that works because that's, that's kind of how I started. I read John Mark Comer's book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and we just we had to say it. We couldn't go a whole episode about rest without bringing it up. He just like harps on how important Sabbath is, and I was like, oh, I should probably do this for a little bit, and I did, and then it was just like exploded into like taking a full day, um, which is crazy. And I think also – preparing for the Sabbath is just as important as Sabbathing. Um, Cause we see historically, like even today, Orthodox Jews will literally take like four to six hours on Friday before the sunset 
to just like get the groceries they need, like do all the chores they need to do so that they don't have to do anything on this. They don't have to worry about anything on the Sabbath. Um, and I think like for the college student, that certainly applies to schoolwork. Maybe don't take a four to six hour like crunch like, <laughs> crunch in the zone. Like, you know what I mean? Right before everything's due on, on Friday or you have to get everything done on Friday so you can rest. That's not great. But like being conscious of your coming Sabbath throughout the week has like that's definitely helped me in that like I want to do this so that I can like so that I get to rest. Yeah. Um, I think it helps me like not push off doing work yeah. because I'm like, well, why would I not just do it now? Like right. I have the time now. Why would I not just do it? Yeah. What What good is like sitting around for two hours when you're already going to do that later in your week? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to like the idea of working, like doing our work, achieving, if you will, from rest um, rather than working for rest. And I think it's going to seem like everything we just said is going to be like work for rest. But I think it's actually the opposite because, like, if I wasn't resting, I wouldn't be able to, like, be like, hey, I'm going to do all this so that I can rest. Because, like, one, I'm not resting, so there's no reason for me to do all this. And two, like, that gives me, like, doing that on my weekend really reframes it into, like, a week beginning. Mm -hmm. And it gives me this, like, tone going into my week where it's, like, I I feel rested. I feel, like, ready for this week however stressful it's going to be. How, like, we're recording this, it's homecoming week. And so, like, that's that's crazy. And I don't know, <laughs> like, extra long Sabbath this past weekend. Just fall break was great. I don't know how I would come into homecoming week without that. Literally. Like, and that's how I feel about every week when I look back. Like, I don't know how I would have taken this test or I don't know how I would have written this paper yeah. without Sabbath. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, so I think in that, like, rest isn't just a break from work. It's, like, engaging. Like, we talked about, like, returning gratitude to God. Like, that's worship. So it's, like, engaging in worship and and mirroring when God is, like, no, this is enough. Like, this yeah. is good. Mm-hmm. Like, that is so hard to do. Mm-hmm. But when you do it, it is so freeing because it's, like, I don't have to worry about this yeah and if even god can do it then surely i can figure it out yeah there's like that passage in um ruthless elimination where it's like i whatever whatever so i can't rest and then it's like and god rested in italics and then it's like another excuse and god rested also in (laughs) Uh italics and it's like a whole page of it it's like like, there's not a valid excuse yeah if i feel busy and i'm like well i can't rest like that's my little it's like in, at the end of job and he's like who are you to like <laughs> be mad at me yeah um i feel that all the time just about so much <laughs> poor job what a guy uh anyway yeah like it's li- actively practicing what god shows us in genesis it's the first thing that god shows us yeah like mm-hmm. he makes the world and then he's like by the way, this is really, really important. Yeah. I guess that was it. Like, this is actually how I made but... you to live. Like, right, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like, fast forward to the Gospels, Jesus does that. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, Jesus, like, he emphasizes what God did in, in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think when we practice Sabbath, we're taking everything that we have and, like, want to be, and we're just surrendering it. We're surrendering what we can, we can accomplish, like, whatever day you do it or whatever few hours you pick to do it, it's saying, no, no, actually what I've done already is enough. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is, this is, this is very good. Um, it's, and it's echoing God. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not to say that like it's making us God, mm-hmm. but it's just offering our time up as a as a sacrifice, taking time to be with God in worship mm-hmm. and walking just wholly satisfied and stress-free with yeah. him in the cool of the day, which is really the whole point. I feel like it's not like it's like making us God like what you said, but it's like making us better image bearers of God because yeah. we're not like frantic all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because I, I, yeah, when I, when I don't rest, I get irritable and I get... <laughs> I mean, ask Jay or Jacob Curran. They can tell you firsthand. <laughs> the way I often describe it is my head feels too too full, and yes. I need to pop it open and dump some out and yeah. then close it, and then I'll be ready. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I feel like the work I do when I'm not resting is, like, not, like, the highest caliber. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I could have done this so much better mm-hmm. if I wasn't, like, trying to do it all really quickly. Right, right. Hmm. Yeah, that's all I have. Yeah. That was a lot. I feel like I talked a lot. I'm sorry. You did. It's okay. It's okay. You've got good things to say. And I, next week we're talking work. Work with, should we say? We can say. Bethany Turner. Fun. It's going to be great. My BFF, who I love. She's awesome. She is awesome. Um, that's going to be a really exciting episode, I yeah, think. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah. So we can't wait. We'll see you back here next week. Oh, wait. I forgot to tell you about our events for this week. How silly. So on Monday, we have the murder mystery, of course. I am very hyped for this event. I often tell people that if I had grown up and known about theater, I think I would be a theater major. (laughs) So (laughs) this is basically my dream event because it's like fun acting for the night. And it like unfolds in really cool ways. And then I go over to people and I'm like, do you know your character is about to die? And they're like, I didn't know that. And I was like, well, you got to act out that you got poisoned in one minute. Get ready. (laughs) So it's very fun. So... Keep a watch of social media for that event. We've had some people that said they were coming that no longer can come, so we might have some spots open up, so keep an eye out for that. On Tuesday night, we will have Jess Connolly. I mentioned her earlier in this conversation, but she is coming to campus to talk about her book, Breaking Free from Body Shame. Um, So we would love to see you at that event. You can RSVP for that on A United. Um, And then on Wednesday morning, we're working up something special and fun with Jess, so stay tuned on social media for that. Then on Friday is Trunk or Treat. This is a fun event that we partner with SGA and clubs and orgs to host, and different clubs have different trunks. So the student activities team will be there. So come out for Trunk or Treat. You'll get some candy, get to see some fun clubs. Um, faculty and staff bring their kids there, and they're dressed up, and it is very cute. It's my favorite part of the whole event. And then on Saturday, we have Halloween movie night. We will be showing Halloween Town because it Spooky. won in the poll. A very good movie. That is a great um, movie. I know. I felt a little sad that it wasn't Haunted Mansion. I watched it for the first time last year, though, and pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was did like, we show oh, that my gosh. Year? I don't think we did. I think oh. me and Sam watched it on weird. my couch, and I was like, WTF is happening. <laughs> so I, wild and weird. I've been watching some scary movies with Jay. And Proper scary movies? Yeah, yeah. Not, not like, like Halloween Hocus time. Pocus. <laughs> Hocus Pocus. Hocus it po- is pretty trippy. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Say, yeah. And yeah. also, Return to Halloween Town, very different than Halloween <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen that one. Very odd movie. I think Braylon was talking about it the other day. Of course she was. Anyway. But yes, Halloween movie night is on Saturday night, so we hope that you will come out for that. And that is all we've got for the week. So we'll see you at those fun events. Pumpkin pie. Did you say pumpkin pie? I said I'm going to buy as well. I'm going to buy.